Hello and welcome to season 7, episode 11 of Permuted in God's Presence. If this is your first listen, I am so grateful you're here right now. I pray that God reveals himself to you through this episode and even as you catch up on previous seasons. And for those who are already family, I love you so much. Thank you for constantly listening and sharing. God bless you. I'm this Jesus girl, finding so much joy in sharing the word of God. As the Holy Spirit helps me to encourage someone out there, I'm constantly learning to be very intentional about prophesying the promises in the word of God as I journey towards understanding his will and purpose for my life in different seasons. And that right there is the core of this podcast ministry. Thank you, God, for a new week. We bless and exalt your name. I pray that as we go into your word in this moment, that we'll not be here as alone, but doers in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I hope and pray that your week is off to an amazing start. Please pardon my voice. Um, I must say that. Please pardon my voice. I had quite an eventful weekend. Um, one where God was glorified, of course. But yeah, my voice is quite stressed from some sort of dry, cold, cough, whatever. But my father has a word for you. So come what may, um, surrender to his leading. Amen. Amen. I really love everything God has been doing with this season. Many times I have an encounter or receive a word during my quiet time and I believe okay this one is for me and I'm there still expectant for the one God wants me to share with everyone then he says yeah that's it amplify that I bet this doesn't happen to just me um, but yeah you've got a love God sense of humor so um, as you probably already see or know from the title when it's your time and turn you know, one thing I sensed as I asked for clarity on how to share this was first to establish the divine agenda or what it means when it is your time and turn. Timing is first off a God thing. The word in Daniel 2.21 says he controls the cause of the world's events. It is God who owns times and seasons. So when we declare with our mouth that it's our time and turn, the complete control doesn't sit with us. It's more a manifestation of what God orchestrates for you and I, yeah? For context, you know, let's just break it down precept upon precept. You see, there are times when it's your time and it's not your turn. There are also times when it's your turn, but not your time. And I would explain So when it's your time, but not your turn, like we already established God controls time and very well has the capacity to also control when it's your turn. But more often than not, when it's your time, but not your turn, it could be a gap from our end. This has a lot to do with preparation, capacity building, you know, preparing for what you're praying for. An example that comes to mind was when David was tending to the sheep, right? He was a shepherd boy. At some point, you know, he probably felt like he was doing the most irrelevant thing. 
but that was preparation you know god had the bigger picture and knew where david's life was headed but you can't ignore the mundane things because when the time is right and the opportunity presents itself it will be yours for the taking you know david was acting in obedience and was heading to check on his brothers when the opportunity came to defeat goliath again the time factor is how god used his father to orchestrate his steps to get there so i know a lot of us believers are waiting on god's timing but what are we doing to make sure when it's our turn we don't mess it up you know may i also add that we can't keep assuming that when our turn hasn't yet come then it automatically means it's not God's time. I mean, I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but there are times when God is ready to present the promise, but you're not prepared for it. This bit for me reflects that season where, you know, you have prepared in every way, you know, acted from a place of obedience, opportunity presents itself, but God says, no, it's not time. It's usually not pretty. um, And I know that a lot of us actually struggle with things like this. But God always has our best interest at heart, right? This sounds to me like his way of saying there's more work to be done or this just isn't yours, right? When we receive certain blessings prematurely, we are most likely to mess it up. So yes, a senior boardroom role could open up at your office and to everyone around you seems your next in line. But God says not yet because there are certain leadership skills you are still building. You know, it reminds me of the UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss. She got into office and resigned in a matter of days. Why? Because although it seemed like her turn, but it wasn't her time. She wasn't yet equipped for what it takes to have led the cabinet. But here's what I really want to dwell on, you know, because the beautiful thing about God is that he's the one who equips the called and calls the equipped. That's why... We want to focus on when it is your time and it is your turn. That is what grace feels like. It's so undeserving. But remember that there's also a place for obedience and surrendering ourselves to be equipped by God. So there are three amazing stories in the Bible that God had highlighted on my heart that I'd just love to share to sort of tie this all together, right? First is the story of David and Mephibosheth. I studied this particular chapter. It's in 2 Samuel 9 over the weekend. And as familiar as this story may seem, it hit different because this time the Holy Spirit helped me picture it more from having a relationship with God. You know, and three strong themes that stood out for me from this particular reading is one, when God remembers you, he stops at nothing to align your time and turn. You know, I love the intro verse of this chapter because my imagination was like David just rose up from his throne one day and said, is there anyone, you know, still alive in Saul's family? Anyone alive whom I can just show favor for Jonathan's sake? It was like a giveaway moment. And he went all out to ensure that someone was singled out and brought before him. That is how God stops at nothing when he's set to favor us and release his promises to us. You know, David was acting out of a promise he made to Jonathan, who was Saul's son and pretty much his bestie, right? Despite the fact that Saul was after David's life at the time, you know, God never forgets his promises. For everything he said he'll do, you can be sure that the day will arise from his throne 
and dispatch angels to just deliver our parcel, you know, is probably closer, closer, way closer than you imagine. The second theme is he looks beyond your limitations and he sees you as worthy. You know, Mephibosheth was not only the son of Jonathan, but he was found to be crippled on both feet. And David didn't change his mind because of the limitations he was informed about. You know, the servant had pre-informed David in verse 3 saying, Oh, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive, but he's crippled. And David said, Where is he? Even when he arrived, he felt so unworthy. But none of that matters to the king. Reminded me of a phrase that I love so much. I grew up Methodist and I love this line so much from the prayer of the humble access, mostly said before communion. It's, it goes... It goes, we're not worthy to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is in your nature to have mercy. Look, when it's your time and your turn, God is more than able to look beyond your limitation and cause a shift in your favor. The third thing is you are loaded with benefits just because you're a son of God. You know, this one busts my head. You know, finally, this story was just altogether beautiful to me as I understood that Mephibosheth became a beneficiary at King David's table simply because he was Jonathan's son. That's all. So do you know the worth you carry just by being a son of God? You have a place at the table and you're loaded with more benefits than you can imagine just by being a son of God. Most importantly, God desires intimacy with us. You know, receiving his benefits is only the beginning. Because when your time and turn finally comes, that's not the time to say, okay, peace out, God. It was good doing business with you. That is when he even desires for us to come into deeper intimacy with him. The next story is about the king and Mordecai. This one is so familiar. We all know about it. And another beautiful illustration, when it's your time and turn, is the story of Mordecai. You know, this establishes how God uses our heart to prepare us for our time and turn. Look, Mordecai didn't have hidden agendas when he let Esther go into the palace, but God was one day going to honor him for his kind and compassionate heart. Can we be factual? God honors our actions and how we treat those around us, those we can benefit from, those we can't benefit from, you know, the reason Mordecai was honored was because he had also been an intermediary exposing a planned assassination of the king. A lot of you are one intermediary away from your breakthrough, but will you also be that person if or when God desires to use you for someone else? You know, when our time and turn hasn't come on certain things, will you genuinely start in the gap for someone else? When you're in position to be an intermediary for God, please do it and watch him use yet another son of his for your own good. The final story I'll just pick lessons from is about Joseph and the king's butler. I'd love to share this, um, particularly because this one establishes how God uses our gifts to prepare us for our time and turn. Joseph had been thrown into prison after that episode with Potiphar's wife. But while there, you know, God presented an opportunity for him to use his gift. He did so freely, but this was God's preparation for Joseph's time and turn. 
So when the butler and Baker left the prison, you know how the story goes, you know, the dream came to pass, as Joseph had interpreted it, right? But it took Pharaoh needing his gift for the butler to then remember, ah, that's true, Joseph in the prison. And this was the beginning of his journey to becoming the prime minister of Egypt. It wasn't only his time, he was well equipped for it. So what gift has God given you that you're yet to put to great use? You know, more often than not, what God needs to get us to our breakthrough already resides on the inside of us. You know, it just needs activation and positioning. So I pray that you just find time to sit with the Father and take in everything you've heard. That as your heart is expectant for your time and turn, that you also fully come into an understanding of the yielding that precedes the manifestation of his desires and that you live each day with a consciousness that God is on your side, not against you. So he's equally as excited for you to be everything he's called you to be in his perfect time. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you missed any of the episodes, I would really love for you to take some time to listen. And I pray that God reaches your heart anew in that moment. Please continue to share with your loved ones and encourage someone out there with the word. God bless you and remain in his presence. Bye.